Welcome to Paulas, a podcast about real life experiences from the mouths of legit working class people. Hiya! Hey up! I'm Selena. And I'm um, just a couple of Paulasses doing a podcast. Hiya! Hey up! So, what day are we on? Bank holiday's uh, thrown me off. Thursday? Well, that's... Yeah, because. No. Yeah. I was like, it's, it's the start of my working week today, which is a Thursday. Yeah. Well, that's going to complicate things even Everyone more. Everyone else is like, we're near the weekend. I'm like, just started work for the week. <laughs> Opposite of buzzing. Well, I'll probably actually upload this this weekend, so it's probably a weekend vibe when you're going to be listening to this, people. Uh, but for us, it's a Thursday. It's getting a bit dark. It's time for the all-important question, what have you had for your tea? Um... It was a bit disappointing, my tea. So I knew I was in work and I knew I wanted a quick tea because I knew we were doing this. So I was like, I just went to Morrison's, although there's a new Morrison's now and they call it Market Kitchen. Even my mum was like, is it Morrison's? And I'm like, yeah, it's just family. They've just got more like deli type food. And even when I finished paying in the self-service, then, thank you for shopping at Market Kitchen. Doesn't once mention Morrison's. Anyway, yeah, I got a Morrison's uh, spinach and ricotta pizza. Oh mate, it's just a bit. It was just a bit bland though. You know, much flavour. The crust was really nice, but the topping was a bit. But you know, it's filled a hole, and I've got some apple crumble that I'm going to have when we finish. So, mate, all that sounds like a boss tea. Like I don't know. What you're about. <laughs> it just wasn't very flavour. It just was a bit bland. <laughs> you know, like the what the cheese didn't taste much. Can't yeah. be having that. But that what yeah, you then? and you've got a pudding as well. Um, yeah, got a pudding. What did I have? I like these uh, Linda McCartney frozen um, cheese and leek plats, they're called. They're like a pastry. Oh, I've seen them. Yeah. I've not had them. Oh, they're good. You get two in a pack. Um, so I had one of them, some onion rings and some beans. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very classic meaty, that one. Um, What's in my freezer tonight? That's it. Double freezer, one cupboard, nailed it. So, right, this this episode, let's get into it, is um, going to be all about education and back to the number two school spelt with a K, two O's no and an H. L. <laughs> yep, a backwards K, maybe. Yeah, um, I'd say let's throw it out there, yeah, we've got to have a backwards letter. And it's written in Tipex on your boot bag <laughs> <laughs> or your Pepsi pencil case. And if um, you want to write IDST at the bottom... Yes, five ever. <laughs> so we thought probably it'd be good to talk about our own um, education and school journeys, uh, just to intro this so you know kind of where we're coming from when we talk about all the other stuff that we're going to talk about. So, Selena, do you want to go first? Um, I mean, I was going to ask you, you know, let's start on a high. Because this, this used to be, maybe not my favourite time of year, but it used to be like one of my favorite times of year like what was your favorite thing about going back to school there's many things I didn't like but my f- one thing I did like I don't wasn't many things I didn't like I didn't hate school that much I'm, I'm just chatting uh stationery which Mate, I think you might stationery absolutely I was known for having like I, I'm sort of person I had two pencil cases one for like you know your pens pencils rulers sharpeners and then one for my art supplies so my pencil crayons I felt tips <laughs> uh, and I just looked forward to like buying a new stationery set every year I was a part of the kid at school, you know, like someone would turn up with nothing and they'd be like, can I borrow a pen? I'd be like, no, because you're going to chew it and lose it and not give it me back. Like, I was very precious. 
Yeah, if you see someone who's borrowed something of yours and they've got it in their mouth, you're like, (gasps) worst. Yeah, so every, like this, even even now I still think, oh, do I need to go and get a new pen or a new pencil case? Yeah, and simply, every year, even though you've still got all the ones from last year, you've still got to have all new set. Yeah. Can't be turning up with my old pencil case. (laughs) You mad. And do you remember, like... in fact, I'm, I'm sure this was like an, a chain, but did you have stationary box? Yeah. Oh, like, that was like best. Cheap, cheap Partners, but Partners is now called Ryman, but it was like the cheaper version of that, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like the works, but just for stationary. Yeah. Oh, it was so good, stationary box. That was the one. And like, you'd go in on a weekend and you'd like, you and your besties and that, I'd sign your name in stylo pens all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Get all them silver and gold pens and like, you know, all gel pens. That was the yeah. one. Oh, stationary box rip. What did you? What was? What was your favorite thing about going back to school? Stationary mate, all day. <laughs> don't care about school. Don't care about stupid outfits. Hated having to buy a winter coat because my mum would just be like, "You're having this one." And I'd be like, "I look like a prick. I don't want that one." <laughs> You're having that one. It's on. It's on bloody on dealer fucking Sports Direct. You can have this Nike jacket. It'd be like, "I want a fucking stupid Nike jacket." Sure. <laughs> Uh, stationary you're allowed to pick yourself yeah exactly be like is is however much money what like five quid or whatever and you could just get absolutely loads um just going on saturday or you know let's be real uh my past that i've shared several times i used to nick all the time so i should just nick loads of stationery as well so i didn't really need a, a <laughs> pocket money allowance or anything i'd just go and nick it but um sorry stationary box contributing to the downfall <laughs> gone oh teenagers really nicking it off oh yeah fair amount fair amount got pilfered um so yeah that were it and then also actually sometimes getting school shoes and do you know in um in the 1999 diary there's an entry in there where i drew these these shoes from garage you know garage shoes still going now um we had like this really small garage shoes in donny um when I was a teenager and it always it was one of them that you don't you know a shop that don't have a front door so they feel like a bit more like a market stall don't they've got that vibe if they don't have a front door and um you walked in and it was just like full of shoes everywhere and used to play like really loud house music (laughs) it's called garage shoes (laughs) yeah (laughs) yep so you'd be like proper banging house music and you was like oh my god it's proper cool in there and um these shoes if i describe this to you hopefully you'll remember this so they're like like a black boot like just past your ankle sort of boot yeah and they had a platform and a heel do you remember them they were like just really plain sort of like obviously not really back in now you know they probably are to be fair everybody's probably uh, getting them from walking down the street yeah fucking boohoo and miss pap but like yeah it was that sort of shit but that black black boot like matte with that platform and then the heel at the back. And you totally, like, weren't supposed to wear it for school, but if your trousers were long enough, you could, like, kind of <laughs> Get hide. away with it. Yeah, and um, I'd rate that my granddad had given me some money for some school shoes and I went and bought them. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, living the dream, living the dream. Well, yeah, because I was, like, 12, 13, when I in that 1999 diary. So, um, yeah, absolute G. But, anyway, so, yeah, back back to what's your school story? Um, I don't know if I have a very interesting school story. Um, let me see. So, like, primary school, 
when I well I, I went to two I went to two primary schools. I moved when I was like nine because my brother was born when I was eight, so I wasn't happy about that. Because <laughs> um, you know I was just like I don't want to mook school and make new friends. Um, but yeah, I really liked primary school, especially like infants. Remember, you know, we always had like some nice teachers. Yeah, the, the, the same sort, kind of like. What you thought were like older women, but really they were probably like twenty. Yeah. <laughs> when you were a kid, you're like oh, so grown up. Um, but yeah, what was I like at school? Uh, I think like my, all my school reports from day one up until when I left high school were like, Selena's a great student. She just needs to stop chatting. Like literally every <laughs> report would say that. Um, I remember when I was in French in high school, the French teacher used to shout "Familiar Bush, Familiar Bush" at me all the time. Excellent. Like, I just can't stop. I just love to talk. Um. But yes, yeah, so the primary school, my mum was a dinner lady, which was in my first primary school, which was quite fun because she was a nice dinner lady. You know, like some, there was always like a mean one that would give you extra peas and be mean to you. But my mum was, my mum was like, I love all the lads that are a bit naughty, a bit cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you know, when she was serving up dinner, yeah, everyone, everyone liked to so I was all right. You know, I didn't have a bad mum working at school that everyone hated. So that was fine. Um... Yeah, I did. I did like, I liked school. I liked primary school because I had like, now I look back, I had quite like a diverse set of friends. Um, everyone was like, in, in probably like both my primary schools, everyone was like working class from the area. Um, and then, I don't know, high school, I was very much like still chatty. Again, hung around with like a couple of, couple of people that were quite popular, even though they weren't in my class. Um, chatted to like all the brainy ones in top set but then chatted to some of the ones that weren't in top set as well I was a bit <laughs> of an ear there and everywhere and I think with high school by the time like I got a bit older I quite enjoyed you know when you did like your options because I did like textiles and dance so they're like two of my favourite subjects uh, and my favourite teacher was like my dance teacher who once lent me a um, bush you know Gavin Rossdale's band Ooh, tape bloody hell so, you know, I thought I was cool because I could chat to her about bands and stuff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know. I was never, like, I, I, was, I was saying I was earlier, I was, like, like a kid kind of just did what did all right, did well without trying too hard. I was. I remember one time in history a teacher was, like, I don't know what I said. I think we are studying medicine. I was, like, oh, this is the only one we we're going to talk about for something tonight in girls. like, oh, you would say that, Saluna. I was, like, what do you mean? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Why would I say that? And I was, like, I think he was like, I think maybe he's like, oh, always with the feminism. And I was like, mm, I don't even know what this word is. What are you chatting at me? <laughs> but yeah, and then I don't know. It was weird because I think I was I was the kind of kid that was like, um, I was voted like farm rep. Oh, mate, were you? I think I got voted it one year, and then every year I was like, I'll just give it to Selena because you know she likes all that shit. So you know she can like, if any, I don't even remember doing much. But I remember when I remember one year I didn't want to be it because my, one of my friends, she wasn't my French teacher, but she was a French teacher. She turned around and said, "You'd make a great politician." I was like, I "Don't want to be farm rep anymore." I think I don't need to be a Tory politician, but I was just like, "I'm over this. Don't want to be a farm rep. This is not my life." Um, but yes, yeah, so I was kind of like, you know, I had a close knit set of friends. We were all the ones that just like to have a massive laugh, but we still cracked on with our work. Um, and I definitely because I was like in the gifted and talented group was, we got oh, we mate, got to the dinner all once and we were told we were gifted and talented students and what we get in return is to go I spend our summer holidays studying and we were oh, all like boss. 
that's not a prize. And then I was going to go to the uh, Leeds School of Dance, but I didn't go because I had some gigs I wanted to go to instead. So I was, <laughs> I fucked you off. <laughs> I, like, I, mean, I could go to Leeds and study dance. I remember like loads of my other just went to like Manchester Uni for like two weeks. Um, but yeah, and then I think, as I said, I think I was definitely the one, like one of the kids in school that, like between me and a few of my mates, um, that were like quite a bit louder than say like the kids that I studied really hard. We were definitely probably the ones that were like, oh, you're going to go off to uni. And I didn't. So I don't know what happened. Left school. I think I had like one day off in high school because I was ill. I just liked chatting to me, mates. And then, and then I, yeah, college was a bit of a bust out. Didn't do very well. <laughs> I went to like four colleges. Went to one for three weeks. The day levels three weeks. Hated it because everyone was snobby. Quit. Sat at home doing nothing. Went and did photography with my mate at the college down the road where we just sat on message boards sat on the whole message board <laughs> got me EMA got a qualification <laughs> but you know I did a bit of photography but you know this was back before I remember there was like one digital camera and it was like the size of a laptop and you had to write your name in a book to sign it out <laughs> yes mate uh, but yeah I don't know what happened like I went from like going to school all the time you know always being punctual you know turning up never wagging it off anything and then after that I just was like oh no me and education are done street smarts mate who needs it <laughs> it's weird as well because like out of my I'm the only one out of my three siblings wait is that, that three including me that finished school um even though we're all quite you know I think we've all got that same temperament like if we apply ourselves we can do really well but we could just do well anyway yeah. um but my sister hated high school didn't finish it but then went to college and did a GCSEs there and then my brother I think played up to the like if he applied himself he could do well but he played up to the whole like you know bit of a class clown he did get sent home for stupid things like having a beard <laughs> <laughs> send him home you can't come to school with a beard it's like is this the facial hair that goes out my face um you know and then he got in trouble for like wearing a peak it's like some local people complained because he wore a peak cap on the bus but you can't wear a peak cap with a uniform. It's like, this is joke. But I do think because he was like, I went to an old girls school and I think he went to like a mixed school in, in an area. It was not near where we live, but it was like a predominantly black and Asian school. Um, and also him being like a young black man definitely got treated differently at yeah. school. So I, I think he just played up to the what they expected of him. Um, but yeah, so he, he didn't finish school either. So, you know... But then my sister went eventually to uni. She's the only one that did go to uni. But, yeah, I don't know, it's weird. Because I, I know people that, like, have such a shit time at school. I also liked going to school at one point because I got free dinners. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, a nice hot meal for free. Mm. We talked about that one before, didn't we, about the old, mm. uh, the old school dinners. Oh, I miss them, like, mystery meat pies. I just don't know what they were. I don't know what were in them, but they tasted <laughs> so good gravy on it oh yes mystery meat so is that it is that your school story yeah, happy with that, that like i feel like it's a bit boring there's you know behave there's no there's no like oh i haven't got any great great tales well we'll get into some of them later won't we this just is like a nice little intro and you know what you did and didn't do and and all that. I, you know, we've been friends for a bloody long time and I did not know you were in Gifted and Talented or that you were a form rep. <laughs> so that's fun. <laughs> yeah. uh. It's because I like to, I hated it. Everyone used to say, 
oh, Selena's such a SWAT. And I'm like, I'm not a fucking SWAT, right? I'm just naturally a bit clever. Like, I <laughs> just gifted, Soz. <laughs> it was weird because, like, as well, when I think about it, it, most of the kids that were in my class were, like, most of the people that, the majority of the, the school year that weren't white, mm. um, which is weird because then, obviously, I know, like, what we'll talk about later about kind of, like, white working class versus, like, um, like per people of colour, but yeah, there was a lot. So we were all in top sets, but I was in top set, but I didn't want people to think I was like proper nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> but even though, like, I think nearly all my mates are in the same class, and they weren't like proper nerdy. But you know what I mean. I just hated it when people were like you're such a SWAT. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm not a SWAT. It was like, well, it wasn't cool to be, to be a SWAT. <laughs> oh God, no. To wear so, a leather jacket yeah. and. Uh... Hang out by the football field or whatever. Not doing class. Yeah, but I think Ugh. everyone. I think I, people like because I was a bit, as I said in another one, I was a bit old. Everyone was always like, "You like that band with the singer that looks like a woman?" Um, like everyone knew that about me. <laughs> Be like that band you like were on the telly. I saw them. They were on the box. <laughs> oh, the box. Yes. Um, I remember they started playing Pure Morning on the box, and everyone started telling me. Um, but I was also like you know, not weird because I'd chat to people, so it was okay. I think that there's a bit of a class thing in that as well. Maybe we'll get to it in a bit, but about just like, you know how we've talked before about just being legit, like people who are working class are just seen as a bit legit, you know, Um, or like default cooler or or harder or whatever just because they're working class. I think there's something in that um, where you just kind of get on with everybody of all, you know, all different like types of people just because you know that the other person's legit when you're a shared working class thing. Well, I think so. Anyway, I think yeah. like, you know, I've got so many different mates um, who were all different types of people, but the shared thing is that we work in class and we just know who each other is. So it's like, all right, mate, yeah, how's it doing? Do you know what I mean? You could just talk to people like, talk yeah. to a bus driver and like, you talk to, what were it, bin bloke or something in one of your jobs and stuff and you just like, you just get <laughs> yeah, on with me, people. Me and the bin man would have like these weird conversations like they weren't flip but we were like you know we we're both happy to see each other yeah it's like all right pal i see you <laughs> it's true isn't it so uh anyway yeah so my school story is uh yeah i went to one yeah one one school like they had an infant in a junior school and i went to the same one and the junior school yeah. was on my street <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that was pretty excellent, just walking down the road and coming back, which also meant that, like, because my parents did, um, like, shift job jobs, like, around each other, it meant that, you know, me and my brother had to go walk to and from school on his own, let, us, let ourselves into house. That's where we used to come up with them ridiculous food concoctions that we used to make. Um, and uh, I spoke before about... The fact that we didn't have books in our house. Um, you know, my dad didn't read and it was never like, you know, let's we never really had that feel of at home of like educational stuff. So for me, school was very much where I got any of that kind of culture and you know, I used to ride my bike to uh Sprotborough Library, which was like a mile and a bit away. Uh, me and my brother used to love going to the library. It's a big thing for us reading. Um, we, you know, we every Christmas and birthdays and stuff, we send each other books. 
and you know he's gone on to be a head teacher now which well uh, sorry deputy head teacher now and that's just amazing you know we talk about it and we're just like absolutely like so proud of each other do you know what I mean because we both loved yeah. reading and we've got so much um you know basically we are where we are today because of that love of reading we don't know where it came from but we wanted to do it and it won't it wasn't served up to us on a plate do you know what I mean we had to go and get it and um you know he were quite sporty at school and I was just like interested in like the creative stuff so um I were always known as like from the teachers and stuff I remember learning the word conscientious and feeling like proper smart because it was a big word and I learned it because on my school reports they were always like Emma is very conscientious and I think you know I wasn't ever like you know as I'll come to when I tell you about my results days is I was treated like I was very clever by people at school um, and like almost shamed for being clever by my family sometimes do you know like um yeah because I I was different to everyone else because I didn't want to you know just like watch sports and stuff I wanted to read and um you know I, I wanted to like learn stuff and I was interested in I don't know just like curious and learning about things um and yeah would like choose to get books about learning stuff you know <laughs> um so yeah I think I, I definitely grew up thinking I was clever and then wasn't so much on the old results <laughs> Which is a bit strange. But I think as well, it's like, you know, when you hear people that are, that are middle class or that go to private school and stuff, it's like, you've got, like, the only thing in your life is you've got to be clever. Do you know what I mean? Outside of school, you're getting tutored yeah. or, like, your parents are, are, are doing your own work for you and, like, making sure that you're amazing at, at school. Like, because I didn't have that at all. And I was, like, different, like, from, you know, rest of my family and, like, family and friends and stuff on estate. It's like you it's weird because that's the sort of paradox of it all because I actually wasn't that good at school on paper um I was in some ways you know what I mean I wasn't like failing but like it's amazing to think that that's how I was treated when it you know I think often as well it's just like if you get through school when you go to certain schools like if you finish it that's seen as like probably the equivalent of like you saying like a lot of middle class people are like you need to be clever. That's like the thing. Yeah. Whereas I feel like over time it's goes like, you've got through school. Bloody hell, that's amazing. You know, you didn't like leave or not finish. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't been excluded. Well done. Like, it, yeah, it is mad. And see, I definitely grew up like feeling, feeling clever and like, but but mostly being in that kind of um, creative side of things. You know, that that's where I kind of excelled. So for me, it was like writing. And um, at one point, one of my mum's jobs, uh, I don't know what it's called now, but she was like a, like a learning assistant or something. Do you know, like where she'd look after, there were like kids who um, had like hearing difficulties or um, were blind yeah. and, and stuff like that. And she worked with like different kids and um, she did that for a few years and it was dead good actually. We, we were buzzing about it, even though we were like, God, mum's in school, that's embarrassing. But like... It was pretty cool. <laughs> it were cool because she learned um, sign language, so she were able to teach us bits of sign language and stuff, which was cool. Um, anyway, so she were in the staff room one day, and the deputy head, who like everybody was proper scared of, called Mister Pearson. Um, 
and there was a an, an English teacher as well, and I can't remember his name. Um, and she was in the staff room, and they said to her, "Your Emma's stories are amazing. Like her imagination is just, you know, we look forward to hearing her stories, like reading her stories when when she writes them in class." And I'm, that's one of the things that I remember my mum saying, and just like to this day, I'm still like, that's that's something that like a proper treasure. Do you know what I mean? As a memory. Because yeah. I think it made me realise that I did have something because even though I was told I was clever, it was like a double-edged sword because clever meant you were a bit of a dickhead. Like, people didn't like you if you were clever on the state. You know, you, do you think you're cleverer yeah. than us? Do you think you're too good for us? And I think, yeah, it it wants something to really be proud of. So I liked that. I think it's a good point for me, especially because I've continued to write and I've done it in my own way because I think that, you know, uh, despite not having, you know, what was it that we talked about last time? Like studying the classics or whatever. You know, I haven't read loads of classic literature. Um, I don't know loads of big words, but I feel like because I've been told that in my life, that it's my imagination or my style of writing, that I feel like I've still got something to offer. So that was like a big thing. And uh, I totally used to, uh, we used to call it twagging. So I used to twag school, and um, in secondary school, wagging. we called it wagging, wagging and twagging. Wagging. <laughs> um, so yeah, w- because like in our second, like in our infant school and junior school, the like catchment area were the estate, so like everyone was like you. And then when we went to secondary school, it was like at the top of where I'm from, and the catchment area would be um, these like villages further out that they had to bus kids in on. And them kids were from, like, like one of my really close mates were from this massive house in this village, you know, a fair few miles away. Like, proper big mansions compared to what we knew. Um, and then, like, there was Sprotborough, and Sprotborough had, like, Bottom End, which was rougher, and then Sprotborough Village, which is posh. And so you had this, like, mix of all these different kids. But because I was from Scoresby, people, like, people just thought you were hard. Do you know what I mean? You like you were hard because you were from Scoresby. I mean, it was good because you got beat up less or you got, you know, intimidated less because people are like, oh, she's from school. People bit. didn't, yeah, try it on with you. Yeah. yeah, so that's a benefit. And, um, yeah, and my mate Shelley and Holly, they lived, like, ten minutes from school, so we just used to go in their houses. And their mums, uh, both of their mums were dinner ladies. And so at dinner break, we just used to go to their house and their mum and dad, their mums and stuff wouldn't know because they weren't there. <laughs> uh, just watch telly and, like, eat all stuff out of the cupboard. Um, but yeah, so. I bet they knew when we got back, though. Oh, mate, in it because they'd be like, uh, "I know there were four biscuits in here." <laughs> yeah, fuming. <laughs> Proper fuming. So yeah, I did my GCSEs and um, I failed maths and maths and science. And see what I mean? Like I was always treated as if I was clever. Um, but then I got up to secondary school, and there were certain things that were clear that maybe it was just like one side of my brain. So. Uh, in my GCSEs, I got A's in English. So English language and lit, I got two A's. Um, interestingly, in business studies, I got a B and design and tech. And then um, I did food studies, right? <laughs> the reason I did food studies was because they said I wasn't good enough to do history or geography. So I didn't get it, like... Yeah, it weren't even like I wanted to do them too. They just said my, my grades weren't good enough... So I, I was literally told that to do food. So I did food. We had to do a humanities separately. We had yeah. 
you either pick history or geography, and then food tech was within like textiles and design, so you pick one of them three. Oh, no, we didn't have that. It was a uh, condemned to food class, and I was in the bottom <laughs> set of fucking food <laughs> class as well. So, um, in in my leavers book, uh, we had this teacher. My my maths teacher was called Mr. Rose, and Mr. Rose wrote in my leavers book like some some real like twat comment that was something like. Um, Let's be honest, you probably won't pass. Or so, do you know, like, just like really brazen. You probably won't pass. Some teachers are so... I'll, mate, I'll find it and I'll put a picture on Instagram or something. But, uh, yeah, it were like proper brazen. And I didn't pass maths. And, uh, yeah, so I got, like, some good grades and then the, the important things, apparently, that you're supposed to get, I didn't get. But because I got A's, I got into sixth form. And the sixth form was two buses away and at the time obviously i don't know what it's like for these these poor young'uns nowadays but we got one of them mag- mega travel cards so we used to get a free bus oh yeah i got a bus pass when i went to college for three weeks because it was far away yeah <laughs> so we did uh two buses out to this other school and uh did my a levels and uh and while I was there as well, I had to resit maths. And I tried resitting maths three times because they really, like, push you as well. They're like, oh, come on, you need to do your maths. And I just could not give a fuck. And I didn't... And I honestly was so fed up because I hate maths and my brain just does not work for maths. And all my mates, I just felt like a prick because all my mates, like, they didn't have to resit. And some of them were doing maths A-levels as well, doing, like, new mates. And I didn't really want people to know about yeah. it. So I just stopped going. <laughs> so... I did one reset and I, so I got a D at GCSE. I did a reset, I got an E, and then I had a reset again and I got a U. <laughs> this is like, like no fuck, <laughs> stupid maths. Um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and then I got into, I did that thing. Do you know on UCAS where uh, they offer like this opportunity for somebody to write you a um, personal statement type thing. You have to write your own personal statement when you apply for uni, but there's another one where people can write on your behalf to, like, support your application. And I had a pretty bad time. Yeah. Like, my first, um, my first like, proper breakdown was when I was at sixth form and my granddad died. And, um, yeah, I just didn't go a lot and I just couldn't concentrate on anything and I was just in a bad place. And, you know, I've not had the best life. And a couple of, a couple of teachers um, spoke to, like, the head of sixth form and she put together this this like amazing statement for me about you know I've got all this um, you know the, all this stuff's happened and you know I've got a talent for writing and all this other stuff yeah and um, so yeah I, I had this like supported application and even though I didn't get the grades I got an offer from all five places that I applied to um, based on that so that was fucking awesome yeah um, and yeah so I went and did film at uni which is one of the pretty much one of the only things that I could do because, you know, all the other stuff, like I didn't have any proper qualifications as such, so it needed to be creative. And I thought, well, I love films, so I'm going to do film. And I went to Sheffield Hallam and I did it and I got a 2-2. Uh, at the time I was devoed because, you know, everybody wants a 2-1. It just makes things easier <laughs> in your life. Uh, it means that you can be a teacher if you want to be a teacher and stuff like that. Uh, I also got burgled three weeks before my final handing and my practical project got robbed. <laughs> my laptop got robbed, my practical project, like it were in, um, you know, the cameras and stuff, what you take out from uni to film and stuff. 
That all yeah. got nicked, like, weeks before the deadline. Uh, so, you know, when you just like, fuck this. And that was shortly before my next breakdown. <laughs> the sequence of events. Why? Yeah. It's where the agoraphobia kicked in. So, uh, yeah, that's my education journey. It's been... I think bait could be summarised as being like, she's tried her best. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's I all been like, like that. I was just thinking about like, how much different a teacher makes. Because, you know, like, because you were saying, I was thinking, I remember on, um, on grade, on me, uh, when I got my GCSEs back, which is now 20 years ago, so I'm, you know, remembering very hard. <laughs> um I think I was in the local paper. Well, yeah. I didn't want to be. They like took like they took picture of, like four or five of us just holding our grades, being like, "Woo!" Um, so I got like A A's to C's, but I got two C's in science. Like even at the, it's weird because everyone goes like, "Was that in like biology or whatever the science is called? What the, <laughs> like physics?" And then what's the other one? There's another one. And I was like, Chemistry. "I don't know the difference." They just told us we were doing. Yeah, we were, we were like, it was just called science in our school. In my day. <laughs> but um, one teacher I'd never even taught, I don't even know, maybe he did do science. I thought he was a math teacher. Anyway, he came up to me and he just went, oh, I'm disappointed to see you got two C's. I was buzzing because I, I have a fucking clue what's going on in science. Like, I didn't pay any attention. And I was thinking about it. We had one teacher that just chatted pure shit and he also <laughs> had really bad BO and really bad coffee breath. So, like, everyone, you know, and when they have their voice, it's just so droney. Yeah. You literally switch off. So everyone hated him. Like the, the lessons were just like not engaging. And then my other teacher was like this metal head with long ginger hair called Mr. Butcher, who used to be uh, used to work in a slaughterhouse. Oh my but god! He made us watch watch German war films. Um, you know what? what was, I think he might have rode a bike. He's like a proper metal head. But he also, as a teacher, apart from just making us watch German war films, which is like, has this any relevance to science? Sir? He also used to call all the black and mixed race girls different name like the same name you'd be like oh Melissa. oh stacy like no that's melissa no that that one's stacy i forgot to say oh yeah yeah and i'm like we don't even literally look alike so you know i think by that point i'd disengage in his lesson so and, was, and then i was thinking about like maths um we had quite a funny teacher this older lady who wore a cliff richard t-shirt because she loved cliff richard so much <laughs> but legend um, so I was in top set for maths and I did do my maths GCSE a year early. Apologies, Em. Um, maths was my strong point. Oh, take piss, mate. Don't but then, worry. you know, like last year, um, I remember like bottom set had this, she was an awful teacher. You know when teachers just look like you need to not be here because you hate the life? Yeah. Like everyone knew. Like she was grey, like a colourist. You know what I mean? When they just walk in the halls and they look like they just, they just hate life so much. Yeah. And you're like, why are you still teaching? She taught bottom set and every lesson we had, she'd come and get our teacher and be like, can you sort my class out? Because they're just so unruly. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, like, I feel like, you know, I did pretty well in maths. Because once I'd done my GCSE, I, we were supposed to get, you can only get a B because we sat like intermediate. And then you sit advanced, you're supposed to get an A star. And I was like, well, I've got one, so fuck it. I'm not going to do anything free. Well, I, you know, I'll sit in and listen to my teacher because I liked her. But I'm just like, we didn't hardly have a teacher because she was always being pulled to the other set. And I was just it's like, like, depending on your teacher as well, it's just so. Like how in, how engaged you get at whether you it's something that you're naturally good at as a subject and how well you are being taught, which I'm not I'm not just like bugging on teachers because fucking hell I you know would not be a teacher if you paid me four million pounds it's stressful man, <laughs> um, but yeah it's just it's just so funny to think that like 
and also like obviously they were like oh this is bottom set we'll just give her that crap teacher who hates life because they're never going to amount to anything anyway which well, i always it. thought i was like yeah because yeah, my mate used to go out of it and be like i hate maths it's awful people are just pissing about miss ailey just runs up to your class i'm like yeah because they give you the worst teacher because they think oh well you aren't going to amount to anything i think you're right and give yeah. us like the best teacher yeah, yeah that's why we got fine. mr rose yeah. who didn't give a fuck <laughs> It's like you're never going to get any better at maths because they've set you up for, to, for failure. Yep. So, but yeah, I think about that a lot. It's bloody true. So, on to our agenda because we have chatted for a fair bit already because this subject is a good one. <laughs> um, so, we're going to start with free school dinners and uniforms. And I found a bit of a stat doing a bit of a, a Google earlier on. And apparently... Uh, the UK average in secondary schools um, for the amount of kids who have free school dinners and or uniforms is around 28%. So if that's the average, that's pretty high for a UK average. Imagine what it's like in certain areas. Um, you know, so like because our school is like, about... you know, you are good. Was it? No, I think last time I was, we were talking about, we were talking about food, I was talking about um, how my high school did and it worked where we got like one the value of one pound twenty but that didn't buy us much yeah um but i think you said you just got free which is free school meals whereas i'd be like i can get chips and a soup and that's it yeah um, and local councils probably had a big I, part to play in it didn't they yeah and i remember um i obviously also got free school uniform and every year that was always a ball leg i remember going from primary school where we didn't have to wear uniform because this was back in the day when primary schools didn't really. I think, like, they'd introduced it, like, as an option, but obviously not many kids did. Because um, I left primary school in, like, 1995. So by the time my brother was at primary school, they all had to wear uniform. It was a different school, but I think generally that's when they introduced it more. Um, so I remember then having to go. And also my sister went to the same high school, but she left the year I started, so I couldn't really... Well, obviously, like, she was, like... I was 11, she was 16, so we couldn't share uniform. Um, and I remember uh, we going to get my uniform for high school and um, you got used to get like a grant, so you'd go and get the uniform, but then they didn't give us enough. Every year we used to go and sit in this place. It's not there anymore, I think. Um, in Manchester, we'd go in and have to queue up and wait for our voucher. For our, it, was, it was always saying it'd come and it'd be like a week before mum would be panicking and being like, oh, you need to get uniform. And I remember not being able to get my new school shoes and I was just sat in the assembly wearing these old school shoes that I didn't want to wear because the voucher hadn't come in time. And I think we went to like, got like this really long bus journey away to like some, this mill in Rochdale that had like a shoe shop that was quite cheap. Um, also, but my mum was always a, a school shoe snob. I was like, you have to buy leather shoes. You're not getting plastic shoes. They won't last. <laughs> But yeah, we were like, shit. And I feel like that was, whereas by station was my favourite thing, waiting for my voucher to get my free school uniform was the worst thing because I'd be like, oh, it's not come, it's not come. I'm starting school and I've not got my clothes and I'm going to look like a scruff and oh. So yeah, that, but especially when I first went to high school. So I, don't, I think I didn't have the bright T-shirt, but more like, it'll have to do. And I, I just was very conscious because, you know, it's, it's different, isn't it, going to high school? Yeah, totally. And like, we had a similar thing. We had this place in Donny called Cliffs. So anybody who's from Donny will, will know Cliffs. I think it's probably still there now, covered in cobwebs. It one of them places that just looked like it had not changed since the beginning of time. 
like if you saw a, a you know like a photograph from 1929 it'd look the same and it'd still be on that street <laughs> um but cliffs they were like a, a book in there and your name would be on the book so it wasn't a voucher thing but you had to be like if your name's on the book do you know what i mean then they'd like crush your name out and put a tick yeah and they'd just hand you a carrier bag um, of like the the stuff that you wanted. Well, you didn't want it. To be fair, you'd be like, I don't want them dickhead trousers. I want some good trousers. I don't want these shit ones. I don't want this shit one. I, I don't want a white shirt from Cliffs. I want it from Tammy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that that was how, how it was for us. And um, I'm trying to think of. Uh, I think like yeah, mostly it. I didn't think at school it won really anything to be embarrassed about I, I don't remember it being a thing where people tried to hide it do you know what I mean because everybody had it because so many people because the catchment yeah. area like I said especially in the smaller school um like pretty much everybody were on it but there, there was definitely that thing of yeah it's free but I don't want that shit shirt I don't want them stupid trousers like I want them from Tammy Girl um <laughs> which is always yeah, part of the course someone commented about you know like because I think when it started in year seven um we could just have a burgundy sweater and then they slowly introduce like oh it has to have the school logo on it like uh, someone yeah. was saying that's like you can't then you have to pay more you can't just get like the cheap one from asda or whatever yeah because it has to have the school logo on which then lessens how much people can get it's like oh i could have got two sweaters but now i can only afford to get one sweater because it's got the logo on um which i always thought was like a bit cheeky yeah and then that's where we talked before about you know we have a laugh about all this stuff but there is a lot of stuff to do with being working class that isn't just, you know, middle class people or whatever being like pretending to be working class because it seems cool and legit. Like the other stuff about being working class where people think that you smell or that, you know, you've got hair on your clothes because you've got a dog or like, do you know, do you know what I mean? The, the stuff like what it, make, it makes you feel bad about yourself in a, in a way that's really hard to shake off. Like I think that's yeah. something that's not talked about a lot and I think that starts when you're at school, you know, what does your washing powder smell like? Or, like, if your parents fry a lot of food, you know. I, I certainly remember, I, obviously I talked about it before on one of the other episodes, that one of my uh, boyfriends, <laughs> he lived with his grandma and granddad and they just fried everything and his house just stunk of fried food. It's like, there's nothing you can do about it. You go to school and you just smell how your house smells, you know. And if your parents aren't around or, um, you know, your house isn't very clean or whatever, kids just notice that shit and kids can be horrible. Um, and yeah, if you've only got one jumper and you haven't got a chance to wash it during the week, it might start smelling, you know? Um, yeah, well, like, you you know, you get a bit of pen on it and then you come to school and someone's like, you had that one on yesterday. You're like, um, Yeah, and there's nothing you yeah, can do you about it. Permanent marker on it there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that's probably a good segue onto, like, period poverty as well. Um, obviously, it's a phrase that that we're talking about now but that phrase has not that phrase didn't even exist i don't think like five years ago never mind when we were at school um no and it it proper sometimes i feel like how is it 2020 how is it big 2020 when we're doing all this good shit you know calling out all this awesome shit out but we up until this week we were still paying fucking vat and tax on on this shit you know and, and girls at school I just can't do PE. I just remembered um, something I did at primary school. Oh, yeah. Um, I, f- I always forget this. We campaigned to get a... Um, I don't... I wasn't on my period then. Um, I feel like when I went to high school, my friend 
started her period when she was in primary school and she felt such shame. Yeah. But I didn't know her at this time, but I remember saying she felt such shame because you, you, people don't expect you to start until you're in high school. But yeah, I don't. I think I think maybe what had happened was somebody may have started their period and it was like all over the cubicle in the toilets in year six in primary school. Because mm. like, you know, didn't want to know. And so I think we campaigned to get like a free... Um, sanitary towel machine in the toilets and then, and then one of the comebacks was like you're too young and we're like mm, we're not too young like some people are already on their period um, and yeah they gave us a machine with some like free I don't know how many were in there how long it lasted because I never used them <laughs> but yeah they put a machine in that I'd had free sanitary towels in but I feel like aside from like one time in like PSHRE and they gave you like free condoms and they gave you like free tampons like that was one time do you know what I mean? In yeah. high school. Yeah, true. And, like, I was one of those early starters, me, so I was 11. And um, I remember that in the last year of, uh, like, whatever it's called, school. Ju- junior school? I call Middle it, school? My, I call it primary, but I think that's because all my school was, like, one. Both my schools were just, like, one. If <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, one big building. We had infant and middle. So, yeah, middle school, that right. So... I remember we had this talk, do you know, where like it was like all the girls went off for the talk and then we all got like this little bag yeah. of goodies and it was like the most massive sanitary towel in all of the world that you would absolutely see through your clothes if you put that on. Do you like, you felt like you were sitting on a mattress, do you know what I mean? Like f- fucking four foot yeah. from your pants. Um, I remember that and like <laughs> just like a little bag of stuff. Um, yeah, and, and, and I also... To be, like, very frank, uh, definitely had, you know, stories for from the period poverty stuff for me is I remember a lot of the time using toilet roll and having to, like, run to the toilet when I realised that, you know, I, I basically just did... I needed to go. You know, like, in class and stuff where you're like, miss, I need to go to the toilet, miss, I need yeah. to go to the toilet. And, yeah, not having... I, I, I was talking to my mate about this the other day. I remember being probably in my early 20s the first time I used a tampon because it was just such a a feeling of like shame and feeling gross and feeling disgusting and not clean because I never really did have access for a long time to decent products it was always toilet roll do you like like just rolled up toilet roll um yeah and I don't know I don't I can't remember specifically much about it whether there was a conversation with my mum about it or what I can't really remember, but yeah, I, I definitely did not have access to those things. It wasn't like, oh, hey, mum, like, let's be really open about periods. Like, can you just get me some always? Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like that. Yeah, I wasn't. I feel like I had my period like three times before I even was like, oh, yeah, mum, I need, I've got my period. Yeah. And I did toilet roll thing, like you'd be in school. And then I was like, I think then it, like one night I had it really bad in bed. So I could not tell her. Because, like, you know, she'd have to wash my sheets. Yeah. And I was just, I think I was watching, I was like, this has happened, look. But it wasn't like, hey, so I stepped my period, let's buy some. Let's have a cake about it and party. Yeah. I don't know, it was just like, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, and I think it's so good to see that the world is finally seeing this now because it is true. You know, there were loads and loads of girls who just wouldn't do PE. Like, I couldn't do PE most of the time. Like, if, you, if you're if using the toilet roll and pissing about with shit like that, do you know what I mean? You, how are you going to do out? 
You're just constantly afraid that it's going to leak through your clothes. Um, and again, you know, the, the amount of people who... Like, I was pretty lucky that I was never, like, particularly heavy, but there's a lot of people who wouldn't have access to products who are very heavy and it would have leaked through the clothes. And potentially their mum weren't able to, like... You know, I say mum, but obviously people have got all different family situations, is their parent guardian might not have been able to wash their clothes or might not have even been in because they might be working late, do you know what I mean, to wash their yeah. stuff. So it really is a very important thing and I'm I'm very glad that people are dealing with it now because what what a massive impact on your education and also your like self-confidence and just just feeling like comfortable in yourself um yeah big. i'm trying to think if we even had machines i think we did have machines because i went to an all-girls high school hmm. and i'm trying to i was like did we have, even have like anything there and i was like did we have machines in the toilet again maybe but i don't know but i think you had to pay yeah you always had to pay if there were one again it yeah, it wasn't like why and again that was like literally an all girls school, so you know like literally no one did PE anyway, whether they were on the period or not, because they just said, Yes, I'm on my period, I can't do PE. But then they teach be like, I'm on my period. That was missing the scheme and you'd be like, Yeah, but Miss No, but you're you're old, so you you're used to it. <laughs> yeah, you you've got practice with this. Um, we're new to this, so we're not doing PE, thanks, bye. <laughs> So I guess related to that as well, there's that impact on... um, So there was another fact that was... Fact. I can't help say fact as if I'm saying it in capital letters. Fact. Fact. Expose. Facts. Um, Is that those with a higher household income are twice as likely to get GCSEs from A to C. So I think related to that... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I feel like that's been kind of not shown but I feel like how this year as well especially with um, everything that's been going on I think that's brought to light a bit more about um, in terms of grading how those from like um, more deprived areas definitely get downgraded well yeah (laughs) massively evidenced this year it's like been news on the news now do you know what I mean it's real (laughs) and so one of the things like related to that is so there's a bunch of studies that actually suggest um that intelligence is majoritively genetic and then with nurture involved on top of it you can you can start to see how do you know, like growing up in a working class family where you know your parents might be working late or like in my case like you couldn't it wasn't like you could just do your own work at home or, you know, my mum and dad would be like, we're going to the opera this weekend, or we're going to go to the National Library, or... Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a very different way of growing up, in it well, if you're not exposed even, to that stuff? Even when you were saying before, like, I was just like, I just naturally like learning and was like, pick things up quickly, but obviously always had, like, a creative side. But then you said, like, you never just love reading, you don't know where it came from. Yeah. I feel like growing up working class, you're expected to just not have a need or a want or yeah, even true. a liking for learning or any form of creativity or education. Like, you're just meant to be born stupid with not needing or wanting anything and not wanting... Like, it's that weird thing. Like, you couldn't have just been born and been like, do you know what? It's like reading. And I just want to keep reading. It's it's this weird thing where you kind of seen as, that's not for you. You weren't born with that need or want. Yeah. Which I'm like, how, how, how? Like, I'm out of the womb. <laughs> you know what you're saying? And obviously, like, with nurture, 
that grows. But yeah, I do find it odd that you kind of aren't expected to want to learn or know more or have an interest in certain things. Yeah, and there's this whole thing as well where it's like you're, oh, you'll just do what your dad does or you'll just follow on from your mum's footsteps or, um, you know, you're not told like a lot of people when when they have kids would be like, oh my God, my kid's so advanced. And I think a lot of, like I certainly didn't have that as a kid, you know, and lots of other people don't have that. It's just like, oh, he's stupid or, oh, he's a bit of an idiot or, do you know what I mean? Some people just simply do not have that level of like nurturing when it comes to, oh, you're so clever, like, let's try and get you into a special school. Sometimes it's just like, yeah, it does all right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's no Even, expectation. Yeah, I remember when um, you did um, work experience, we did it in year 10. Oh, yeah. And um, it was it was like, you can either find your own. So a lot of people are like, my mum works at an address, so I'm just going to do that. My mum's mom, my a teacher, like, at a nursery. So I'll just, like, a nursery nurse or, you know, I'll just go and do what my mum does, you know, I'll just go to work. Yeah. And then I was like, but when they did, they sent you out the pack. It was like you can find your own place, or you can put all your likes and interests, and we'll we'll send you somewhere. And I was like, oh, that sounds really exciting. I don't know how my mum worked at the time. Um, did she work? I don't know what she did. Um, but so I was like, oh, I'll let them pick me somewhere. And I put down like I was interested in fashion and all this. And I thought oh, I was going to get sent <laughs> to like, you know, like, a, you know, I'm living in Manchester. You know, there's probably loads of places in town, even if it's just an office that design clothes and I go and make the tea. You know, but I thought. Uh, and I got sent to Miss Selfridge. Did you? And then I learned everything. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. And look at me now, you know, 20 years later, I'm still working in retail. Um, yes, yeah, so I got sent to Miss Selfridge. The boss there was horrible to me. Um, and then I, everyone else that also didn't pick their own also just got sent to work in a shop. Now, obviously, I'm not saying just to work in a shop because I'm a, a strong advocate for retail, but I feel like I, we all put our different interests and everybody just got sent to work in a shop. And I, I think at that time, I think I was like, well, just that's all you'll just all see us as like earning minimum wage working in a shop. OK, great. Yeah, this is this is this is this is what you think of us all. That's nice to know. That's that's great to know. Uh, and then another time when later in life, I had this friend who I'm no longer friends with. Thank, praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. <laughs> he was like in the middle class. And when I told her that I did my GCSEs a year early, she was this is barely mine. We're like mid 20s. She was fuming because she'd paid for her education and didn't get offered to sit a GCSE a year early and was, like, really upset that... I was like, oh, there's a girl in my school who sat three exams two years early because she was, like, really intelligent and, like, she was livid that we hadn't paid for our education but <laughs> got offered to sit an exam a year or two early. Sells love. I was like, sorry that I'm more intelligent than you. I didn't pay for my education. <laughs> <laughs> Thriving on free things. It was just like, why wouldn't it? They were just like, so you, so you got, I was like, yeah, they do it all the time. Like, they, they put some of you, like, if you're in, like, a top set of a certain... But, yeah, not impressed. Not impressed. Um, but, yeah, I feel like that, those two things definitely set the tone for me of, like, what you're expected to achieve purely because of, you know, how much money you have or where you live, which yeah. is very, very bizarre. Totally true. And linking to that as well... Um, you know, I made a note about, you know, sometimes like, do you know if you're, if we think about like nurturing and maybe like seeing that you're good at something, do you know, like parents might be like, oh, um, they're really good at this. So I'm going to get them some like football boots so they can do after school football or like, oh, you're, you're really good at drama. So I'm going to like 
take you to the theatre and all this sort of stuff. And it's it, that's the point where, like, if you grow up working class, you just straight away othered because you can't join in with that stuff. And, uh, I mean, sometimes you can, right? But a lot of the time, that's where you start realising that you can't. And it's those things that inform, you know, and keep you up to up to the speed with everybody else. And if you're not, you just feel like, well, I can't do it anyway, so I don't give a fuck and I'm not bothered, right? And I think at school, you especially secondary school, your self-confidence and your your thought of like, you know, how can you use school to your advantage? It just drops off, doesn't it? Because you start resenting it. Like I, I definitely identify with that idea of resenting school when I sort of thought, well, I'm just falling further and further behind. I've got no way of bringing it back up. It's not like I'm going to get, you know, a, a tutor or like loads of books or someone to come and help me. I just thought, fuck it, whatever. Because it makes you feel stupid. And if you're made to feel stupid, you're like, well, I don't give a fuck, so whatever. Do you know what I mean? And like, I think so that yeah. that kind of, um, if you're not getting that inspiration and that support from your teachers, you're maybe not getting it from home or, or whatever, or just not feeling like people believe in you, it does affect you and it is going to, like, make you think a certain way. And one of the things that that we've talked about before and I think is really important is if you've not got anybody in your family or, like, in the circles that you mix in with, like, professional qualifications or jobs like you can identify with or see that it's possible. I just don't think you think that you can do those jobs or that they're for you. Do you like the world? We've talked about before, like if you've never been to the theatre or whatever, you're like, oh, it's not for me. Or, you know, because you don't feel like people like you can do it. Yeah, and I think I think you might have mentioned, as I think somebody said that, on another um, episode where you were saying, like, sport's different because you don't have to have a certain level of intelligence like they're not expected you to have like have you been to this have you got that degree have you done this yeah and I was thinking about how a lot of working class kids, especially one of the people that my brother have grown up with they they did they struggled at school but they excelled at sport so like their parents would scrimp and save and like push them and take them to sports clubs and you know like you know like some footballers and like some boxers that are doing pretty well for themselves and when I worked at the local youth centre, like I worked in like the art section, and they struggled. They they couldn't grasp like they paid for some arts workers, but then they had to make cuts. They cut the arts first, and they focused heavily on sports, and they couldn't quite grasp the arts, and they didn't know how to like deal with it and like what to do with the young people. Like it was more like seen as like a bit of fun, whereas they they invested a lot more in the sports side at the youth centre because yeah. I think often there's always like a boxing club or a football club in like a lot of working class areas where kids go. Um, and I think that is because they don't have to, you know, have ha- you know, they don't have to be well read or anything to do that. And I think that's maybe what they, and like I said, they probably excel in that because then they can see other people like them, like who are f- known in that field or that area. It's like, oh, they came from here. So I could do that. But that is a small section of like, jobs and things that they see yeah in terms of like big earners i think like especially football is the only way they can see someone they know that they can relate to and be like oh i could do that yeah but it's that true. is all like yeah um, i definitely feel like you're saying like you, you, unless you meet someone you don't think oh i could be doing that yeah and if That's you're me. Like, to your point as well, if in work experience you're in a shop, which to me, like, I remember loads of people being in shops, um, 
it you do sort of feel like, oh, right. Do you, do you know what I mean? That That's like, my mum works in a shop. Uh, I, or my auntie's works in a shop and -and so-and-so's mum's friends in a shop and I've done work experience in a shop. Your world is very much about shops. (laughs) You know, it's not like, after all that, I'm going to be a nuclear physicist. Like, it's just not. (laughs) You're going to be like, oh yeah, I know that and I'm confident doing that and uh, yeah. It's just broadening what horizon you have. Again, you know, not wrong with being in a shop, but the point is like, if you've got kids who... uh, you know, a, a big line of kids. Every single kid should feel like whatever they want to do in their life, they should be given the opportunity to learn and, and find out how to become that. And whether that's, you know, taking exams or whether that's practising kicking a ball find in out a what way. they want to become. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, discover what they like doing and what they're good at, which I think you don't get the option. No. Like, they don't get the, the option to be like, oh, actually, yeah, maths and that kind of science thing but I am more into like the creative side actually yeah I am into sports but I'm also into writing like you don't get the option to discover what's for you no and I think it's interesting that me and you have both had our own businesses and I don't ever remember anybody going you can set your own business up I mean interestingly they were both retail (laughs) (laughs) which is funny but I'm I'm very much that it's weird because I even though I've got about like you don't get given these opportunities or these, you know, people don't, but I'm literally that person, like, if I want to do this thing, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's just my personality. And you like, my mum used to have a market stall. Um, she used to sell, there was a phase when she did dried flowers, you know, like dried flower arrangements. Yeah. For those with a mate. I don't know if they sold secondhand stuff as well, you know, just making some money. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, you know, like I just was like, oh, I'm just going to do this thing, which is weird. But I th- actually, I don't know, I feel like a lot of working class people do that, but because they don't have the safety net, if it fails, you know, so they're not as successful because they haven't got, like, a big pot of money or someone to support them. But I'm still going to, I'm just going to try it, see what happens. Well, yeah, what, I mean... I've got, what have I got to lose? <laughs> check me out six years later, just free of bankruptcy. But, yeah, it totally is. And you just think, you don't know where it comes from, but there's a part of you who's just like, fuck it, I'm going to give it a try. Um, yeah. You know, and... Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think that. I, I don't know what it's like now. Obviously, we're we're both in our mid thirties, like. But back then, yeah. very, very much far away from going to school. Yeah, but I, um, <laughs> I think again to bring it back, I feel like this year, I hope has highlighted for a lot of people the kind of. I was thinking what the word was, how hard it is for. Like I feel like I don't know if it's gotten harder. I, like I said, I don't know. But I think since, like back in March, between March and now, there's been a lot of talk about uh, young people at school. Whether that was like Marcus Rashford um, oh, campaigning to keep free school meals, um, you know. And again, that was a footballer from a, a council estate in Manchester. You know, grew up with not much money. So, you know, this kind of kid. You know, and he's inspiring those, but. You know that he's brought that like national media coverage that this is a thing that needs to happen. Yeah. The fact that, for example, like how they graded the, the algorithms, and then it meant that a lot of um, people that if they were from an area where their school didn't do very well, which was always predominantly working class areas, like areas deprived of money, resources, then they got downgraded. So they weren't even graded on 
what they were doing, like how it's like they're lumped in. So it's like even if you this, these kids have probably been studying like really hard for five years, and then they get told it doesn't really matter. Essentially, it doesn't matter because you're from this place, so therefore your average grade would just be this, and we're just going to give it you randomly. Um, and even like uh, the expectations of homeschooling, like the fact, like I'm like, are people aware that that in itself is a huge privilege? Like obviously people couldn't go to school I get that but they expect then for people to be at home to have parents or carers there to teach them to have the facilities and resources to be able to be taught like I did um I was supposed to be doing some workshops with like some local uh, groups in the Midlands but obviously couldn't go because there's a global pandemic so I, <laughs> they moved it to online <laughs> and then they were saying that would it be all right to share it with a local school not just the people they're intending to and I was like yeah yeah that's cool uh because this local school a lot of the students didn't have access to the internet and or um a device to look at the internet on so they're really struggling with their homeschooling so if these workshops these worksheets I created if some gives them something to do I was like buzzing brilliant this is the sort of thing that I want to be doing is like providing for people that don't have but it was like that thing that like they expect everyone to have the internet and have like a laptop or a tablet mm, or yeah. even a phone and then also expect a kid to like learn off off a phone you know it's like oh yeah but you've got a smartphone haven't you it's like I'm not going to do my learning and then it's like oh you've got space or you've got time do you know what I mean it's this expectation that all these people would have just these just have these things be able to learn whilst they're at home I'm like no that isn't a privilege that everybody has no, and let's be real, like, most most of my mates, right, that are, like, very much, you know, working class and just, like, like getting by, nobody's got a screen that ain't cracked. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, nobody full stop has got a screen. Every, everyone I fucking know, right, is basically is, like, still in Donny, do you know what I mean? Like, living living the life. Nobody... No, nobody's got a screen that ain't got like four hundred cracks in it, or like every every three weeks having to get a new screen on the fucking phone. I don't know what it is, but it's a thing. Everyone's got a cracked phone. Like, what are you gonna do? Oh, yeah, watch this video on YouTube through like four hundred cracks. Like, no. Ah, oh, dear me. Yeah, that, I was saying the expectation as well, like parents. That first of all, it's like you're expected to teach your child. So bear in mind, these parents might not have been in education for. A very very long time anyway and then also expecting this like oh this this parent this parent can read this parent can read in english this yep. parent can teach this it's like no they can't not everybody again knows somebody or has somebody in their life that can do that for them yeah and you and know this, yeah what we're saying at, at the beginning of this as well is like you aren't always got like you're assuming that the parent you know can read and can do all that stuff yeah and you, yeah like you said then it's you know do the parents speak English for example if you're in English school and stuff like that um but almost like I guess to to think about you know at, at the beginning of lockdown um when I decided to do that thing where the money that I'd saved I wanted to send books out to kids is because you know without access to a library and without access to school like if I was a kid right now in my situation as it was then doing quarantine me and my brother would have had, you know, like, best part of a school year with no access to any academic materials or reading. 
Do you know, and like when it was that school was off, but then also libraries were shut, you were just like, oh my God, like that is so real. So many kids who rely on going to school, you know, and going to libraries just just don't have that anymore. And not everybody is in a happy home where they get the support from the parents. You know, not everybody has parents. And there's so many kids that if you fall behind at school, you know, we've all we've talked already about if you become like a bit disconnected from it all or your kind of confidence is beat on it. Well, what if you've, you know, everybody else has got, you know, doing Zoom calls with a tutor or whatever <laughs> on their four iPads and there's other kids that just haven't got anything and they're just like playing it straight because that's what you do. You get back to school and you're in the bottom set and then you've got teachers who don't give a fuck and that's it. Then you've got no GCSEs. You can't undo that shit. It's like lasting no. damage. And I think, especially like, because like now you have to, you can't just finish education at 16 anymore, can you? Which no. I didn't realise until a couple of years ago. Um, so you have to do like an apprenticeship or some form of thing. And But no, EMA doesn't exist anymore. So like, yeah, thanks for that. Uh, oh, <laughs> like, you know, then with the days. Job when they leave school so they can, they, you know, they, they can afford to like live, um, contribute to the household. But no. Now you keep you forcing me in education, even though it might not be for me. Um, I don't know what my point was. I started ranting about like no EMA, uh, but yeah, the fact that now, but then there's like the fact that you know kids are going to be behind. Then some haven't got the grades that they actually deserve, and I feel like as well with university fees are just getting higher and higher, which are going to get higher and higher and more because the universities need the money, and essentially is a business. There's less and less people that from working class backgrounds are going to be able to afford to go to that. Yeah. So like, it's not even about their grades aren't even going to sell them there anymore. You know, like if they're not even getting that for whatever reason and they, they've got no money, then it's like no one's going to go. Yeah, it's so true. And like, you know, we were looking our, in our like generation of being under labour you know, it, it was that if your parents couldn't afford it, there was a scale where you didn't pay anything up front. Like, in my case, you didn't pay anything up front. You got the full student loan. Um, Going to be paying it off till the end of time. But I still got to go, and that's... Do you know what I mean? You just don't even think about it, do you? You think, no, up front, I'm going. Whereas now, it's different. You've got an actual barrier in front of you, and you think, no. You know, it's not something I can do. Like, how am I supposed to do it? Like, when I was at uni... Got everything up front, um, like, paid for, basically. I got my full student loan, and I worked full-time around it. And it were hard trying to do uni and also work a full-time job, but I worked in a cinema, so I pretty much did uni and then would go there at night and then do nights and weekends. Um, but it, it's just not even remotely like that now. You know, you, you've got even to have was, it all up front. I was thinking about how, um, like, this has been the first time in... I mean, this is... And I've worked in my place for like eight years now. The first time in my history that we've ne- we're not getting Christmas temps. Oh really? Um, and I was yeah, and I was thinking about how a lot of retail and hospitality will not be taking on, but a lot of students who are leaving home for the first time, like it's not just like you know the student we employ students who are working class but are middle class, you know, but they still get a job. Yeah. But there'll be so many that need a job to yeah, be able it's true. to live. Yeah. You know, they can't just expect 
the parents to pay for them whilst they're at uni so that that's another thing now they'll be going to uni but then they're like gonna struggle like i live in a big city and you know bars you know like student bars nightclubs they're not reopened i say shops probably won't be taking on any so you know they're not gonna be able to get those part-time jobs that will help fund them and i'm just like freaking out but like oh it's so hard for everyone it's just so fucking shit and like you know when covid first started and we had that very real real chat didn't we on on one of the episodes of just like this is disproportionately like it's shit for everyone but it's disproportionately extra shit for working class people and you know i don't think even when this kicked off in march did we think we'd be sat here in september you know still with the shit going on in the ways it has and yeah, this is going to be some lasting, lasting change. Um, then poor kids, man. And then dealing with that results day shit. I mean, the kids are amazing now. Like, they, they actually believe in shit and they stand up for themselves. But the system is still completely against them. And it does drag you down after a while. You know, we're 20 years on now from that. Which is mad even saying that out loud. But, yeah, the the thought of how hard it was for us... It's just not a patch on what it's like for some of them kids now. And, um, yeah, wow, like, totally depressing, I know. But but real talk, we love a bit of real talk on this podcast, but um, in in uh, in lighter um, another, news... Oh, yeah, go on. I was going to say, another thing uh, which kind of relates to um, COVID as well is, hmm. like, the over-policing of um, young um, working class, particularly working class kids of colour um, and I read the, a brilliant report done by um, kids of colour and um, the Northern Monitoring Police Project which are both based in Manchester so it is pride, predominantly in Manchester report is about policing in schools because so I didn't even think this was a thing so they have um, I can't remember what their name is they're like it's got a, like a, an acronym but it's like um police that are affiliated with schools and that go into schools or are based in schools and you know they're there to help make obviously they're in areas um i I mean you can probably guess where areas these these police are based uh in schools where a lot of what they call like gang crime or knife crime which as soon as people say that you think of black children Mm -hmm. um and deprived areas so you know the places where they're putting these people in schools uh, and they're meant to be there to make people feel safer uh, but this report was like young people, uh, community members and other people um, have done like a survey on it. And it's kind of like how they're, they're what, hoping to get more policing in schools, you know, to make people feel safer. But how it actually doesn't actually do that. And they've not asked anyone in terms of like community members, young people, teachers even. Is this what they want? Is this where they want their money spent? And where would you want your money spent? Uh, but it's a report that's definitely worth reading and it, you know I feel like these areas and these communities and these young people have already been like over policed during this time mm-hmm. and it's like then they're going back to school and this is what they're getting as well it's just like again I feel like we are just kind of that the, the, the we're broadening that gap of kind of rich people poor people it's just getting you know you were getting put in our place more and more and being told and kind of like held down more and more and it's like a lot of interest in another kind of um school to prison pipeline mm. and i feel like it's just feeding into that which i feel like happens a lot at schools 
and you know i can you probably get told a lot um which i think happens even more that you know basically you kind of told at school that you, you your life you're just going to go straight to prison this is your life you know um and i think that's we're heading more and more that way which just makes me yeah i've got no words for it yeah and mate linking to that as well you know when people young people for the first time see money it's often not from hard work you know in working class areas it's from drugs it's from thievery you know it's for and it's true in it or it's or it's literally like nicking stuff and when you get an understanding of where wealth comes from you grow up around your parents you know you have to put fucking 50p in the meter for telly to come on but then someone says i'll give you 50 quid if you do this you know what you're going to do and that's the power yeah, that yeah, you see your that parents has. like working really hard like to the point where they're not even people they're just working things do you know what i mean yeah yeah it's true it's like at what expense it's like mm, am i gonna work myself into an early grave or am i gonna do this other thing where i don't need to do that yeah i'm gonna do that other thing just just totally basically uh just a plot of of top boy there <laughs> which I, I could not believe was written by a white dude uh that i just recently found out from going on wikipedia but anyway <laughs> who knew who knew fucking out of all the things top boy was written by a white dude uh, sign of all of the times but anyway so uh, the other things that, that I've noted on the list are um, that... Uh, what was I going to say then? Oh, yeah, just even, like, kind of tying into what we said before about catchment areas. Like, sometimes, you know, you, you, you might be like, right, I, I'm i determined, like, I'm really clever, my kid's going to be clever. End of day, the school's only as good as the school is or the teacher is. And if you're in a catchment well, area I, for a shit school, like, that's it. I, Because I, I, I didn't even know the thing. We just went to the school that was nearest to us that would have us, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, all my schools are in, like, walking distance. Because there's a lot of schools near me. So there is, there is options, but we're also like, oh, my first school was just the one we went to. Second school is like, I'm moving, who will have me? And then my high school is like, oh, your sister went there. It's up the road. It was pop at the time. It was the best high school as well. There was the boys' school, the girls' school, and then one school that was like known for being really rough, and then a Catholic school. And I want Catholic, so. Um, but like people go wild, don't they? They're now, and again, that's a privilege. People are like, right, I'm moving. Like I've got a fetus in the womb. It's gonna go school in five years. So I'm gonna move to this area where there's this good school. Mm. And I'm just like, what? That's wild, you know. So I can be in this catchment area. But again, that you know, being able to just move to yeah. new where you want to send your children to school, that's a big privilege. If you council <laughs> and you've got a bidding list of twenty different places, do you know what I mean? Like, and there's no council yeah. houses in that area, or there's a wait list of four years. Like, it needs to be pre-fetus, mate. It needs to be a fucking twinkle in your eye four years before you're like, I need to get <laughs> on this video list. The kids could be in school and the council be moving your free yeah. bus rides away and you're like, well, do I keep my kid in this school because I like it and they've got friends there and, you know, or, and then I have to travel like three buses. Or, or are you I even allowed to? School? Do you have to take them away? If, if, yeah. You know, if there's a wait list, if probably. Too far. Yeah. So, again, just another one of those things. Um... But did you have anything else on your 
list that you wanted to talk about or I think we've covered a lot of what we what we said we were going to do really um I think um, I think you were just saying that goes back to like kind of you know moving for your schools but like being accommodating for all types of learners oh yeah um, so which I think that's another reason why I think I hate the fact that kids now can't leave at 16 they have to stay until they're 18 because I feel like there's not like the way we educate as well doesn't work for everyone and I feel like again it's setting a lot of people up for a fall um but yeah totally and you know I think one of the things that I'd love to see you know personally from the experience of like where I started out and where I am now is loads of like practical skills that I just don't think you know everybody's sort of on this like academic path and I sort of get why, do you know what I mean? I, I'm I'm also aware of the fact that I'm not an academic and I just <laughs> don't get the ins and outs of all this stuff. But like, I would love to see some acknowledgement of the fact that there are certain just just skills that you can earn a shit ton of money. Like in technology, you can earn money, and it's all about like your your mindset. And um, I've probably said it before, but the hard sell that I like to do for for technology is I particularly believe that it's great for working class people um because it's it's like your standard blue collar job right so in your head you're thinking uh you know if if you were in the trade which obviously so many people are like you know who who um are getting like lower grades at school that the traditional thing has always been like you know oh well they can go to college and become a plumber do you know what i mean it's like deemed to be like this blue collar yeah. thing um and if you think about all the skills that you need to be in the trade it's very much thinking about rational um you know, problem-solving skills, it's about attention to detail, um, you know, uh, things like that. And that's what technology is. Do you know what I mean? And technology doesn't have, like, big words and things like that. It's about a human being coming to the table, being given a problem to solve, and then learning the way to solve it, which is what you do if you're a plumber, what you do if you're, you know, an electrician. It's the same sort of thing. And, like, there's a massive crossover as well to do with being an electrician, uh, engineers, mechanics, all that sort of stuff, and technology. Um, so I would love to see more of that in schools because I think that as well would give kids a boost um, in that actually their brain is very much set for something that is deemed to be, you know, something that's like in, in society can get you to a certain place. Do you know what I mean? Rather than like... You're kind of told, oh, if you don't pass your GCSEs, you can still do this. Do you know what I mean? It's so shit. It's that constant, like, judgment language. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, why why can't it be that? It's it's like I was saying before where, like, you're not even given the opportunity to figure out what you're good at or what you like. Yeah. Or what works for you. Like, you're not really given that freedom or opportunity because you kind of either, like, can you do this? Yeah, right, you're good. Can you do this? No, right, you shit. Stay being shit. Yeah, and at the end of the day... It's like that. Do you know, like, we've always said, you can tell someone's legit or not, and by legit I mean, like, obviously working class, is that they think <laughs> if you're in the trade, it's like like that you're stupid. Are you mad? They've got loads of money. Like, you get, like that is a decent job. Like, when people take piss out of cleaners, I'm like, you fuck... Like, honestly, anybody who is a cleaner, like, or, you know what, estate, if someone's mum's a cleaner... Like, they've got a nice house. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If the dad's a builder, they've got a fucking nice house. Like, 
that people don't realise because they're so obsessed with like, oh, you know, you're only fucking worth shit if you've like been to uni or you, you know, you like speak posh. It's like, nah, mate, you might, yeah, nouveau riche, whatever. But like people who work at trade, good job, well paid. But it's always been, oh, well, if you don't get your GCSEs, you can always do this. No, it's good. It's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good skill to yeah. have. Like, and it's always putting people down, it's, man. It's a bit like, um, like, I was saying, like, it's that aspirational thing. I think, like, to be an academic is, like, the top in terms of skills. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you're saying, like, even now, I think people... Is that whole thing where people say, like, if you've been to uni, you've transcended your class, which just goes to show that it means that you can't be well-read or know about something if you work in class, because yeah. as, soon as, you, as soon as you are, then you, you're not working class anymore. Yeah, they want to claim you. And it's that whole... <laughs> yeah, and it's that, it, in order to better yourself and be better, you have to have a pieces of paper that says you... But like, it's only a certain set, like saying, you could be like a whiz at somewhere else, you know, like you're saying, like you could have a trade, but it's like, mm, it's not the same though, is it? And I'm like, but who who made these rules up? Yeah, and it it's, and weird. it's daft. It's weird, like it's absolutely daft. You can have a degree and be an absolute fucking dickhead, can't you? But you can <laughs> you can be a plumber for ten years and be like absolutely minted. Like, what? Why is society just viewing things so differently? But anyway, it, you yeah. know, it's overcrowding in schools. It's teachers being stressed to the hill, not getting paid enough, expecting to do loads of stuff. And, it, you know, you can see it in the the education that people have had or where they've been. Like, if, you know, places haven't got the resources or the people or the time to put that in, then you're not going to get anything back out of it. But, yeah. no, it's just because we're all stupid, whatever. <laughs> well, I was watching this um, documentary the other day and it was talking about um, in in like certain parts of East Asia, like they rely so much on Chinese people um, coming into the different like territories, like Singapore, etc., um, and doing uh, blue collar work because they keep calling it. I, I hate the phrase, but I'll just use it because everyone knows what I'm on about. Um, and you know, it's things like working at uh, cleaning hotel rooms, or um, yeah, do you know, like that that type of job. And there was an actual like there was a focus in this documentary about there is a risk that if so many, basically, if if young people are empowered enough to believe that they can do anything, how will the world actually run? Because we need people to do these jobs that are mindless that we pay them nothing for and essentially disrespect them. It's like a fuck's well, sake. I always say that. Yeah. It's like, what? It's like what? Yeah. It's just just the way that the people talk about other human beings. It's so grim. Oh dear me! I feel like we need to end on a positive. What? What's positive? <laughs> about know, school. Just, like every time I say something, I'm just like, oh, I remember when my dad said he came over from Jamaica and he 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 was like, he was he was like he, he would would have been a year ahead. Because the schools over there are like quite small, you know, mm. they're quite proud of their education over there. It's quite small classes. I remember him coming over and he found it too easy. But then the teachers were like, thought he was an idiot because he he was black, so they just treated him like an idiot. And then he hated school, but he loved it back home. And then he came over and he was like, I hate it. It's just so it. sad that like, I didn't want to go to school. Yeah. Um. 
uh, I'm trying to think of there must be one what, what did what you um, of, there must be a question. did you get to spend your EMA and if you did what did you spend it on um, my bus fare um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember because it was when I was doing photography with my mate and we'd go in sign our sheets so we could get our EMA and then like we're going to town to do some shoots we did take some pictures but we didn't do much um, shoots <laughs> so what would what, what what year would that be? Um, it's 2000, 2001-ish. That's yeah. 17. Probably just going to uh, gigs. Probably buy, buying records, CDs. Um, buying, I don't even know, buying stuff, making stuff. What did I do back then? Probably pretty much what I didn't do now. Well. Uh, but yeah, definitely my bus fares. Um <laughs> Going to town on a Saturday, getting my dinner. Mate, honestly, I- I'm pretty sure I gave my entire EMA to Ronald McDonald. Like, <laughs> 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 that's all I. That's all I did. Like, do you because know, we had to get two buses, so it'd be like going from my house to town, and then walking a bit through town and getting another bus on the other side of town. So every single time that I'd be going to and from, I'd absolutely get something from Ronald every time. I put away some serious double cheeseburgers in them years. <laughs> I'm trying. I don't. I was like, where did? Because I I realized I also had my first job on a Saturday and a Sunday when I got my EMA as well. Mm. It must have been loaded, so mate. Like, it must have been buzzing. <laughs> I know. I was thinking that as well. I remember I went to Lady First Glasgow on. Um, EMA and my job at um, the old people's home. Hmm. The um, but then and then the year later, I did a summer job at the Inland Revenue and went to Ladyfest London on that. Yes, mate. just lived in it. You know, I did get my mum didn't give me money for like bus fares and food and stuff I wanted to buy. So just buying magazines and CDs and beads from the bead shop probably. <laughs> You and your beads. Buying <laughs> <laughs> like fabric and shit. Things like probably glow in the dark stars to stick on me wall. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, <sighs> yeah, so that's what I'm only on. God, I must, I must have been loaded back then. Take me back. <laughs> <laughs> Take me back. Throw back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Well, I'm glad we uh, we turned it round to end on a bit more of a high. I tell you though, I am I am hopeful for the for the young people of today. Like you said, I feel like that they they're not afraid to be like you're treating me like shit. I'm not having it, which I'm really yeah. I really like seeing. Yeah, it's amazing. So keep doing that. Yeah, and hope that their and, uh, privileged mates fucking realise and lift them up a little bit more. You know. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, and people just stop trying to pretend they're poor and instead just actually help people. Let's break that stupid cycle. Uh, before you go, how many times did you roll your school skirt up? Fucking like 10 million, mate. Did you wear a skirt? Well, <laughs> I, remember, I remember in um, middle school that <laughs> I remember going home to my mum and saying, because my mate Emmy, she had uh, collots. And I was like, Colots, oh, yeah. wild, like, what? what's this Colots business? And it meant that we could do cartwheels, right? 
And not see your knickers. And not see your pants, yeah. So I went home and I was like, I'm going to need some of these culottes, mum. I remember my mum being like, culottes? <laughs> What's all these culottes? But, yeah, no, when... Uh, I, I didn't really have a skirt, to be fair, no. There was none of that. In in real life, yeah, but at school I was very much trousers person after culottes. Oh, we weren't really allowed to wear trousers. Oh, yeah. Ult- ultimate feminist school, apparently, yeah. But no, yeah, we, we were allowed to wear trousers, but they definitely want the, the standard issue. We'd, we'd all be getting them from Tammy. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone used to roll up their pleated skirts, but then because they were pleated, they stick out. But we were at <laughs> our school... I saw, I saw, like... A lot of the, I think we're allowed to wear trousers in winter. I don't know, maybe we were allowed. To, oh, we were allowed to wear shorts. That was it. But then there's always like schools, girls walking around in their PE shorts, being like, "What are you gonna do, Miss?" Dear me. Well, the the like salaciousness that we had because most people wore trousers was that people would wear like different colour bra and vest tops underneath the white shirts, and definitely unbutton oh. the shirts far too low. And uh, yeah, that that was Did the. You have a tie. We did actually. We did in, um, but only in sixth form. In like normal school, we did. Oh, I feel like I'll... I. I never went. My school, we just wore a polo shirt and a sweater, which I hated because I'm like, does not go with a skirt. This is weird. Like you know, like formal shoes and a skirt. I say formal shoes. If as everyone was wearing fucking trainers, not me. I was like in year ten. I was that like, weirdo. Was like going to wear a pencil skirt, something nice, like some some Mary Janes, because I'm like well different. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like I always just wanted to wear a shirt and a tie because I just felt like we liked scruffs but I feel like everyone always said you had to make your tie look short or something I don't know that was like the cool thing yeah oh that was the thing and like so in our school because we were like um, we never had to like wear a proper uniform it was just if you had a jumper it would have the logo on it so most people just even though it was freezing you just wore a white shirt Um, was uh, when you went to sixth form I had no idea how to tie a tie do you know what I mean it was like how the hell am I supposed to do this? What, what do you even do? Like, you, you know, when you're not a person who wears ties, it feels weird. It feels like you've got a giant, massive thing on your on your chest. Um, but yeah, there was definitely like cool ways of tying a tie, which sounds stupid because you look like a prick. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> when you're like 16 year old and you've got like a fucking Morgan de Trois bag and you're like trying to look cool <laughs> and then you've got a tie on. You've got your tie on. <laughs> you're swanning around in your platform boots. <laughs> With your Tammy girl pants being like, yeah, I look good. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking 14 years old and I'm trying to wear a thong and like <laughs> some sort of like bright green vest top underneath my shirt. Oh dear. Then were the days. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> right, on that note, no. I think it's time to uh, go and, uh, well, actually, I'll tell you this before before we go. I was watching, um, I was watching Catfish, which is what I, f- I fucking love. Catfish. I'm, I'm still not ready to quit Catfish on like series 145, and um, they're even doing it through Zoom now, mate. They're not messing. So, and uh, anyway, when I turned it off, um, the one show was on in the background, and uh, I kept watching it because Danny Dyer were on. And something that I just absolutely love. It's got nothing to do with education whatsoever, but Danny Dyer is a working class icon. And I love how he calls all women baby. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Like, he's, no. he's got a wife, and he was saying it, it was his 40-year anniversary. And he was saying how much he loves his wife, and she's the best uh, best woman he's ever met and all this. And then he goes, 
Do you know what I mean, Alex? Do you know? Are you listening to me, Alex? Because <laughs> he's on like this, this like screen, you know, from the set of his show that he has the wall. And he's like, do you know what I mean, Alex? She's just the greatest woman I've ever met, and I love her. I bloody love her. Right. Uh, and then I can't remember what she says. Like, oh, she says, oh, um, it, it's nice that you know quarantine's brought brought this sensitive side out of Danny Dyer. And then he he just like, yeah, baby, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you're calling Alex baby on TV? I fucking love it. I've seen him before on that wall show he calls women baby. He's just he's just bloody great, isn't he? I love him. Don't give a fuck. Just love his ways. Oh, I just love the fact that his uh, daughter's called Danny Dyer as well. Yeah, why not, eh? It's like we talked about on that other episode. We're talking about what was that other show I was watching and there were like four generations all called same name. It's just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Do what you want, guys. Do Keep what in... you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, working class folks are the best. Uh, anyway. Just get, get your laughs wherever you can. That's it, that's it. Because apparently everything's bleak. So instead just do what you want and, <laughs> and have a laugh doing it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm probably going to go downstairs and find something else about... There, there was a show on tonight about council housing. It's probably going to be shit. It's probably going to be dead sad. I'm not going to bother watching it. I'll just watch something funny instead. <laughs> yeah. Watch some, watch some working class joy. That's the one, that's the one. Right, lass. See you, uh, well, on the internet, innit? <laughs> yeah, I'll see you, uh, yeah, you know, when you've got your stationery back to school. See you then. Yeah, I'm going to come round and tip X your pencil case. <laughs> <laughs> see you later, mate. Bye.